crowd was great, but she knew she had to reach here, for it was her last hope of ever being here. So she pressed through.
glad we still serve the God of miracles today. Amen. Thank you so much for your being here. Turning your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Luke, chapter number 8. The Lord has impressed upon my heart to come from this scripture today. I hope and pray that you will uh, find it helpful to you. It's helpful to me to know that our God is still in the miracle-making business. And I'm going to share with you here in just a little while a miracle that He has just performed this week that uh, is completely amazing. And a lot of this stuff that we speak of today, uh, you, you may get, um, you, you may not even believe what we tell you. But all I can tell you is, listen, it, it was no mistake, Brother Tim, that you got anointed for Pat and he had a blind eye and he got anointed and, and then the next day he woke up seeing out of that eye. That's God doing what God does. Amen. And uh, you can't tell me that they, they marked uh, Miss Betty Joe off with a stroke and a blood clot on the brain, and then they take it off her brain, and then the ne- very next, the very next day, she's up and walking and moving. And, listen, that's God. That is God. So let me encourage you today to ask for your miracle. And I'm going to tell you another one here that just flabbergasted me. Here in just a little while. But let's look at the scripture. Luke chapter 8 verse number 26. Let's stand together for the reading of God's word. And prayer for the message. Alright. Luke chapter 8. You have your place? Say amen. Look to to your neighbor and say you're the prettiest thing I've seen all day. Hey Joe don't tell that to my wife. (laughs) All right. How, how many of you lied in the house of God today already? All right. Brother, you may have to adjust the volumes and stuff back there. That board got tampered with just a little bit yesterday. But, uh, no, sir. No, sir. I may be. I don't know. But uh, thank God. Amen. So uh, let's uh, look at the scripture today. I'm glad I'm in God's house. Luke chapter 8 and verse number 26. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee? Jesus, thou Son of God, most high. I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oft times he had caught him and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters. And he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. Wilderness could be interpreted there as he was driven into the darkness, right? And Jesus asked him saying, why, what is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go into the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them (coughs) to enter unto them. And he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and a herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake where they choked and were choked. When they that fed them saw 
what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man of whom the devils were departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They also which saw it told them by what means he that was possessed of the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes around about besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear, and he went up into the ship and returned back again. Now the man of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house, and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. Father, we do love you. We thank you, God, for what we feel already in this place. God, I pray you'll touch this throat. Lord, I pray you'll touch my mind and my tongue. Dear God, guard it this morning, dear God, as I preach your word. For Lord, I didn't want to, don't want to have a desire, don't have a desire today to lead your people astray. But God, preach truth. Uh, from the blessed Word of God. God, I pray you'll lead us, guide us, direct us, and help us to do just that today. And may your people respond with help from heaven and asking for that help. And God, I know you're granted in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. It must have been a wonderful thing to walk around in the days uh, when Jesus was walking on earth and just see those miracles uh, uh, that were performed by the King of Kings uh, and the Lord of Lords. Uh, it would have been something to see Him turn the water into wine. It would have been something to see Him walk upon the water. It would have been something to see Him to bid Peter to come out on the water. And Peter began began to walk upon the water, but yet he took his eyes off Christ and began to sink. I'm here to tell you folks, if we'll keep our eyes on Christ and be faithful, we'll see some things that you won't believe today. God is still in the miracle of making business. I'd love to have been there when he stepped out on the bowels of the ship and said, peace be still. I would have loved to have been there to see him touch blinded eyes and they were open. But yet we've seen our own modern day miracle of a blinded eye open just a few weeks ago. I would have loved to have been there to see him touch those broken and twisted bodies and they begin to straighten up and walk well again. I'd love to have been there to see him as he stood outside the tomb of Lazarus uh, and said, Lazarus, come forth. Uh, and he came came forth with the grave clothes. Uh, my friend, and the grave clothes fell off. Uh, my friend, I'm here to tell you today, uh, Jesus is still in the miracle-making business. Uh, you may say, well, how do you know that, preacher? Well, it's plain and simple today. Uh, he said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, uh, you can move uh, mountains. Uh, any of those things that come in your way, my friend, if you got faith in the God of heaven and it being in His divine will, I believe He can answer our prayer. I believe He can heal the sick. I believe He can still raise the dead because that's the God that we serve. And the Bible still says that, that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is an unchanging God today. He does not change. He is the wonderful Prince of Glory. The Prince of Peace. 
Boy, wouldn't it have been a privilege to see all those things even happen today. One must learn, though, if we'll just follow Jesus and be faithful. Every moment will get interesting in your life. You can see God deliver because following Jesus is exciting. Listen, I seen people yesterday as we sang at that nursing home and their tears be flowing like a river down their cheeks, not able to hardly raise their hand toward heaven. But yet they would hold her hand up with one, hold that hand up just about head high on one arm. And then they would get the other arm and cover their eyes and begin to wipe the tears. Folks, I'm here to tell you, if there's people in wheelchairs that are sick and afflicted in nursing homes like they are, can worship God, what in the world is wrong with us? Huh? What is wrong with us today? Why can't we worship the true King of glory? Why can't we believe that the God of heaven is who He is? Why can't we believe that He does the miracles that He does? I'm here to tell you the doctors try to explain it away, but you can't explain God. You can't explain the great God of heaven. But here in the book of Luke chapter 8, we see Jesus performing one of the most unusual and strangest miracles in the Word of God. (coughs) And there's some... Tremendous lessons that I want to share with you this morning from this scripture. First of all, I want you to see this man's terrible condition. You think you've got it bad today? Look at this man. He was possessed with demons. He had not always been possessed, but somewhere along the way, he had opened up his life to these evil spirits. Folks, let me make note of this today. If you don't get it, you get this, okay? You get this if you don't get nothing else today. Demonic forces are real. They're looking for a body to get into. To where they can work. Just as the Holy Spirit requires a dedicated body to work inside, the devil and his demons require a dedicated body to work inside and through. He took his clothes off and went naked through the graveyard. And people are still taking their clothes off. I can't figure this out. This is what Satan wants. We have nudist colonies. Uh, We have topless dancers. Uh, We have places of filth uh, that you can get on every hand which promote disrobing of the body. Whatever happened to modesty in the world in which we live in. I'm here to tell you this is what the devil wants to do uh, as to where we can lust after one another uh, and look at someone's nakedness. Uh, But I'm here to tell you God's not pleased with it. uh, And we serve a righteous, holy God. uh, And we as Christians ought to be Christ-like and serve Him the way He would want us to serve Him. He wouldn't stay at home. Now here's another thing the devil wants you to do. He wants to tear down your family. See, anymore the house is nothing but a dispatch center. It's almost impossible to visit inside a home these days because no one's ever there. Families ought to spend time together. Families ought to eat together. Families ought to talk together. Have family conferences together. Plan together. Work together. Play together. Worship God together. 
Amen. Listen, let me tell you something, church. Uh, uh, as the families begin to crumble, the churches begin to crumble. And when the churches begin to crumble, we've already seen how the nation begins to crumble. Folks, we're here to try to save a sinking ship. Uh, we're here just to try to do something uh, uh, for the glory of God, yeah. to let people know that He's still alive hey. and well. God has a divine plan today. I don't know what His plan is, uh, but I'm glad that God still answers prayers. Uh, yeah. And God still moves upon His people. And God still helps. Amen. But oh, we've got to believe. I said this Wednesday night, prayer still changes things. If you've got much prayer, you'll have much power. If you've got little prayer, you'll have little power. If you've got just halfway praying, you'll get halfway power. But I don't know about you, but there's times in my life when I need the good God of heaven to show up and to help me through some situations in my life. And when I know that I can get in touch with Him, it sure does make you feel good inside of knowing that you've got a God that's alive and well and He answers your prayers today. He not only stayed at home, but He lived inside the tombs. Lived among the tombs, if you will. The tombs are a graveyard as a place of gloom and doom and despair. <coughs> Out of touch with reality, if you will. Have you ever noticed the interest is being taken today on such matters as witchcraft? Reincarnation? Communicating with the dead? All that's evil stuff. Let me give you a prime example. And I'll go ahead and say it because it's true. It was written in a book. She said it was true. She said it. Miss Hillary Clinton was funneling through Miss Eleanor Roosevelt, talking to her and her talking to back and forth. Now, that's the biggest bunch of junk I ever heard in my life. But you know what? Dead things like to be around dead things. Evil likes to be around dead things. You can't get no farther, you can't get closer to dead things than a graveyard. Now this is where that individual was, this demoniac. And the Bible says that he could not be bound with chains. Folks, we're coming up with all kinds of chains these days to try to curb violence, to try to curb diseases, to try to stop reversions and try to stop addictions. The truth is things are getting worse by the day. No one seems to know what to do. The jails are full. The hospital's full. Education's failed. We need to learn that we're just not capable of controlling Satan with our own abilities, but we take a divine God in heaven that will help us do so. You see, and many of people feel like that they can take on hell with a water pistol, but it doesn't do you any good because you're no match with Him when you're walking in by yourself into that battle. But my friend, when the Lord Jesus Christ is walking beside you and He is the one that is your ever-present help in your time of trouble, He is the one, my friend, that can defeat the enemy. We're no match for Satan today. We're no match for Him. We can't fight that battle alone. But I learned a long time ago, Brother Harold, there's a bunch of battles that I can't fight by myself. And I have to depend on the great God of heaven uh, to give me uh, what I need to go into that battle. And He's never failed me yet. Have you ever seen the... uh, I mean, really, honestly, when people get ready to go into the hospital for some procedure, they can't even find a bed. People are sick. 
They can't find a place to lay their head inside the hospitals. Something's wrong. This man was miserable. And never in my lifetime has I ever seen people that are so unhappy in these last days. How do you know? Just look around. A lot of people are sad. A lot of people are frowning. Their life is in disarray. Their life is completely torn apart. And they think they can fix it on their own. And they can't. But yet through selfish pride, we think that we can handle it all by ourselves. There is no joy in many people today. Joy. Jesus died to where we could be saved. That ought to bring you enough joy to shout the heavens down. Jesus died and shed His blood for you and I. My friend, I'm here to tell you, we have something to be joyful about. God has blessed us. We've got shoes on our feet. We've got clothes on our back. We've got a roof above our heads. I'm here to tell you, church, we're blessed. We're blessed. Look at His truthful condition. In verse number 30, He admitted His condition. He confessed that Jesus was the Son of God. That'll fix everything. He fell at His feet. When a person falls down at Jesus' feet, he or she is on the way up. His transforming conversion took place in verses 31 through 37. The demons departed from Him. The only answer to the problem, my friend, today is a total release from those evil spirits for this one that was Possessed with all these devils. But I like this. He sat at Jesus' feet. He knew to get some clothes on. He was clothed. And he was in his right mind. Right mind. People don't believe that minds are an issue. People don't believe that anxiety issues are not real. I'm here to tell you they're real. People don't believe that the the mental capacity of some people, they get into such situations and they blame it all on the mind. But I'm here to tell you, the mind is a playground for Satan today. And it remains that. And it's a serious, serious thing. But lastly, before I tell my story, I want you to look at his thrilling commission. He wanted to be a disciple. He wanted to follow Jesus. But Jesus said, no, you go back and tell what I've done for you. So what did he do? He went back and told everybody about what the Lord Jesus done for him. The best way I know to build a church today is this. Get people on fire for Jesus and see how they show up and come out. But you know what? It used to be that people could get on fire for God and people could come watch it burn. But today, many people don't seem to be interested in the things of God. But you know, He's chosen us for a time such as this. A time of unfaithfulness. A time of, a time of uh, depression for many people. Listen, I'm not making fun. I'm not making light today because I know people do get depressed. It is a serious problem. And some people, they get probably over-medicated. They walk around like a bunch of zombies. 
I'm here to tell you, it happens. I'm not trying to be critical of that. I know that there are severe problems. But let me ask you this. Have you ever tried Jesus? Have you ever tried the Lord Jesus to help you today? Back on Tuesday afternoon, I got a phone call from Sister Juanita Adams. That's Brother Steve, Hannah's sister. Steve is on his way, or is down there in Texas now uh, to be with his sister. Uh, the plan was that they would take her brother Hap and she would have chemo treatment for cancer. And after she had the chemo treatment, she would have the cancer removed. And then she would have more chemo treatments. That was their plan of action. So, let me explain to you exactly what happened. Juanita called me and said, Preacher, I need you to get Mary, that's Tina's mother. And she said, I need you to get Granny, that's Tina's grandmother. and uh, That's uh, Miss Juanita's uh, sister and mother, for you that don't know. And uh, they said, she said that she's real weak. She's on the phone. She said, look, my blood pressure is extremely low. It was like 60 over 40. She said, uh, the chemo, the doctors have come in and said the chemo's not working and my tumors have gotten larger. She said, it's almost like the tumors are feeding off the, cancer, uh, off the chemo. And instead of shrinking them, they're getting larger. She said they've grown some four centimeters. They've even grown to a point uh, all around the abdomen area to where it's blocking off uh, the, uh, my intestines and it's blocking off my, my, my kidneys and my bladder and stuff like that. She says it's, it's bad. She said, my men, the heart unit, are going to be admitted into the heart unit because my blood pressure is extremely low. They don't want to operate right now because they would lose me on the table. But the thing is, is this. She said, uh, they're going to try to get me stable and they're going to try to do surgery on Friday. So I went and I gathered together Granny and Mary like she asked me to do and I told them exactly what was happening, that it doesn't look good. Of course, they're weeping. They're weeping to a point and pleading out with God that, Lord, you need to just do something. Amen. Actually, they, you know, they were just, their response, Joe, was pretty much a response of, well, it's over. It's over. And you try to be very sensitive to people's feelings when they say stuff like that because you want to try to be a comfort to them and not a hurt for them. And uh, I began to just think about my own mind, you know, and I said, but your daddy said it before I did. He said, y'all got to give God time to work. He said, you know, just because it looks bad now, don't believe God can't, can't change things. And I said, you're exactly right. God can change things. And we got together and we held hands around that little old table and Granny's apartment there and we prayed and we asked God to to do something special and by that time uh, they're making plans to go to Texas and on Wednesday morning they got up and they went they started driving into Texas I got a message Wednesday 
I don't remember exactly what time it is, but they had done been on the road probably four or five hours. I got a message from Miss Juanita's daughter, Heather, who she's living with there in Texas. And she says, well, folks, the doctors have come in and things have changed. Now, now, don't forget, Wednesday, we were on the altar praying for this lady Wednesday night. We were praying for this lady on Tuesday. We're asking for God to do something miraculous, and a lot of people's faith were running very thin. She says, well, folks, the doctor just came in, and after some more tests, they have discovered that the chemo is working. They have discovered that the, the tumors are shrinking. And I'm sitting there going, huh, they've discovered that the chemo is working. But two days ago, it's not working and they're enlarged bigger than what they were. And two days later, they're saying, after more tests, the chemo is apparently working. We're going to keep you on this for just a little while longer. We're not even going to do surgery right now. We're going to see where this is all going to go. I'm here to tell you, folks, God still answers prayers. God still performs miracles. No matter what you think. Listen, it's not in the cards that everybody get touched. It's not maybe in the will of God that everybody gets healed. But I'm here to tell you, God done something in that lady's life. She got on the phone that very day. She was even on the phone just yesterday with some of the family, and they say she talks like the, like she's always talked. She sounded better. Her blood pressure was up. I, as far as I know, she's getting ready to go home. I know what God can do. I've seen it. We've read about the stories in the Bible. We've read about how He raised the dead. We've read about how He touched blinded eyes. We've read about the miracles that has taken place. Folks, I'm here to tell you, God's still in the miracle-making business. And if you don't believe that God can do what He's doing and what He has done, and if you don't believe that God can perform miracles, you need to get right with Him. Because I'm telling you, the biggest miracle that's ever took place took place in your life when you accepted Christ as your Savior. Who else could wash away your sin? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm here to tell you folks, uh, I'm excited in my soul today. uh, Not because we said the prayers. uh, Not because we went into God in prayer. We didn't do nothing but ask God to perform a miracle. And apparently God is doing just that. Uh, My friends, the doctors are trying to explain it away. Well, now, two days later, the chemo is working. Does that kind of sound kind of strange to you? Two days later, the chemo is working, but two days prior, the chemo was not working and is not working, and we're going to have to do surgery. Now they're to a point of saying, look, these things are shrinking. The chemo is working. We're not going to do surgery quite yet. Listen, I'm here to tell you, God still answers prayers. Her blood pressure went up. The weak voice changed. It come back strong and clear. Listen, I'm here to tell you, God still answers prayers. No matter what your need is today, God still answers prayers. And we just got to have that faith. That faith of a grain of mustard seed. 
God says we can move those mountains. God says He will answer us. He does provide for us. He does take care of us. He still loves us. He still saved us. And my friend, if you're here and you're lost today, He can save you. Oh, but preacher, I don't believe all that stuff. It don't matter if you believe it or not. It's still true. It doesn't matter if we believe it or not. Well, I don't believe that Bible. It don't matter what you believe. Listen, all I can tell you is it's true. It's true. It's true. Every bit of it's true. How did I become saved today? It's as simple as accepting that you're a sinner, believing that Christ had risen from the dead and He died for your sin, risen from the dead on the third day, confess your sins unto Him, and all of a sudden you come up a new creature because you've asked Jesus to come into your heart. And you've asked Him to wash away your sins. My friend, that's the greatest miracle that has ever takes place is when you become born again. Born again. I don't know why God chooses to touch some and chooses not to touch others. I believe, you know, it's got to be the will of God, whatever it is. We have to learn to accept the will of God sometimes. And we have to accept what He does. But my friend, he's done showed me enough this year to, to, to prove to me that he is still on the throne, that he's still a prayer answering God, that he still can take care of our children, that he still can save those that are lost, that he can still reach down and touch those that are on the bed of affliction. I'm here to tell you that's the kind of God we serve today. He's alive and well. You see, a dead God can't do those things. A dead God can't save you. A dead God can't heal nobody. A dead God can't talk to you. A dead God can't do anything for you. I'm here to tell you there is a God in heaven that loves us today and that will help us through all of our worries, through all of your conflicts, through all your family problems, through all your job problems, through everything that you've got. If you'll give it to Him, He'll help you. He'll help you. I want you to stand across this building as they get us a song of invitation. I'm glad that he is still in the miracle-making business. If you bow your head and close your eyes today, no one looking across this building, we're just going to go unto God in prayer. You may have a need. You may have a t- need a touch. You may be the one that needs to be saved today. You may be the one that needs to come and ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And to come into your heart. And if that's you today, you ought to slip out where you're standing and come down to an altar of prayer. I'll personally lead you to the Master. Maybe you're here and you've got someone on your heart that needs a prayer to get through, that needs a miracle, maybe even. I want you to know this altar is open for you as well. Because I thank God for the miracles in my life. Listen, I had eye surgery not too long ago. I had the eye surgery and they messed up. They overcorrected my right eye. I was like, oh no, I can't see out of my right eye to a point that it could not even be corrected. The doctors told me, he told me, Dr. Klein, he told me, he said, we cannot do anything. It's been overcorrected. Well, let's see what God's got to say about it. 
I'm here to tell you I'm seeing better than 2020 out of my right eye today. Doctors don't know everything. He can help your hurt. He can heal your body. I just wish we had some faithful believers to ask Him, to try Him, and ask Him for help. He can do for you what I can't do. Father, we do love you. Thank you in Jesus' name for what we feel around this place. Bless these that are already on the altar, God. I pray you touch the hearts of those in the pew. God, may you meet the needs of them that are here today. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. When I think of how he came so far from glory. Oh, think about it. Came and dwelt among the lonely, such as none, to suffer shame and such disgrace. On Mount Calvary, he'd take my place and And I, he said, I'll leave you never. I'll leave you never, never forsake you. Just be true. Just be true. There's power in the name of Jesus We'll believe in Him to save us and wash all of our sins away supernaturally and us be born again. But we won't believe that He can answer prayer. And we won't believe that God can do exactly what He says He'd do. We'll believe that He died on the cross for us and He resurrected from the dead. But we don't believe God could take us out of a deep depression. We don't believe that God could give us the job that we desire in our heart. We don't believe God can save that one that's astray or lost. I'm here to tell you, God can do it. And I'm glad He does. Thank you so much for being here. Any choir practice today? Choir practice at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock choir practice.
No ladies auxiliary this month. Anything else? You love the Lord?